This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, this is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Joining me today is Dr. Pam Popper. You know her from a host of things, food over medicine, forks over knives, food choices, <laughs> She's, you know, she's a guru. I think you're a guru. Well, thank yeah, you. Welcome. I never thank thought you. of myself as that, but you're thank you. You're a guru. You're a guru. You know, it's um, a, a lot of times when you come on the Karen Hunter show, uh, I get email from people with giving me, you know, like, you better be careful. She's saying some outrageous things, whether we're talking about vaccinations or mental health. Um, but you kind of come up with this formula. It's pretty simple and pretty logical. Can you talk a little bit about you know, just simplifying what your your philosophy is in terms of health. Yeah, well, you know, when people start talking about she's saying some pretty radical things, this is all dangerous. Um, it's controversial. You know, I want to know when telling the truth became controversial. What's so controversial about that? And why are people so anxious to defend things they don't know so much about? So my answer to people who are so concerned about this is that prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, right? Okay, because I'm willing to have a discussion with anybody as long as it's evidence-based. In other words, you can't just call and scream at me. What you can do is you can send me articles that refute what I'm saying, although one of the things that makes that not so much fun when you're dealing with me is that I demand that they re- meet certain criteria. You know, you can't – and this is a big can't issue. can find a, an article on, on Reddit. Well, <laughs> on, uh, well, even in the medical right. – medical right. journals are full of garbage. And one right. of the problems we have is, is equating all, all experts are equal, all articles are equal, and that's not the case. So I have rules, and I'm happy to email them to anybody who wants to see them about the type of material you should send me. So let's have a scientific debate. Let's do it in public even. And then maybe you'll win, and we'll all be like smarter that. for it. Yeah? I'd like to like um, like like the WWE or something. We can have like a like I could be like the Don King yeah. minus the you know anyway. Yeah, but uh, but okay. so so that's the thing. But right. but here's the here's the bottom line. People say a couple of things about this type of thing. Um, number one, what happens to somebody who doesn't get a vaccination and then dies of measles? What happens to somebody who isn't medicated and commits suicide? What happens to somebody who doesn't get mammograms and ends up with breast uh, cancer? Breast cancer? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first thing that I have to say about this is that um, it's informed medical decision-making, which means that the patient decides based on his or her perception of the risk. And we take risks every day in all aspects of our life, assuming that we do the best we can and then there's a lot we can't control. All right, so I drove here today. Driving a car is actually fraught with risk, not necessarily because of anything I might do, but because of what other people might do. You hear all the time about, you know, drunk drivers cross the lane and hit somebody who's just moseying along, going to the shopping mall, and the next thing you know, everybody in the car is dead. So we do that, and we understand that we're taking a risk to drive. We're taking a risk to fly. We're taking a risk to go to a foreign country sometimes, or uh, even an occupational risk to be in the military, all right? So we take risks. But they're informed risks, you know. My argument with medicine is that you don't know. So here's my point. If you want to have a mammogram, or you're talking about a mammogram, you put something in front of people that essentially shows this is the evidence for mammography. And the reality is the evidence for mammography says that the likelihood that you will be harmed is three times greater than the likelihood that you will benefit. Did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet, and for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. 
designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles. Bombas are perfect for the whole family. And get your hands on a pair of Bombas socks and your feet will thank you. Bombas has donated more than 20 million pairs and counting. They're made from super soft natural cotton. Every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. My favorites are the no-show socks. I like those. They're designed to not show. <laughs> See, they're never itchy, and they're amazingly soft. With tons of different colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas also makes the perfect gift for everyone on your list. So you buy one pair for yourself, someone for someone else, and then a couple of people get a pair of socks who are homeless. So I wear my socks, you get your socks, and save 20% off your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash Karen. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Karen. I call them bomb ass socks because they're dope. Bombas.com, 20% off at bombas.com slash Karen. Now, if you see that and you say, you know, I realize that it's weighted against me to benefit, but I still want to have the mammogram. Number one, you've taken responsibility for the bad things that can happen, which include that you might get diagnosed with something that isn't really cancer, have treatment for it, have damage to the heart muscle, which causes heart disease later on. That's you own it. Okay, you also own it if you say no to the mammogram and you end up getting breast cancer because you looked at the risks and benefits, you made the decision that was made for you. So I think that um, people complain about litigation with medical doctors and some of it is driven by nasty people who get sued because they're mean. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, had a chapter about that, that people don't sue doctors who make mistakes if they're nice people, generally. Mm. They sue doctors who didn't even make a mistake because they hate them, generally. Okay, so so some of it's due to the just bedside manner, and, and some of it is because we're trying to place way too much responsibility for ourselves in the hands of other people. And that's a dangerous practice. Right. Okay. And doctors shouldn't even want that. So let's get get back to mammographies for a second. Right. So if evidence proves that, you know, you can get a mammography, there could be a mass, they treat it like it's cancer, it's not, you get heart disease. You accept that because doctors we trust, you know, Mm -hmm. you tell me not to get one. I end up, 10 years, God forbid, down the line, I'm not even going to put myself, somebody mm-hmm. ends up with the disease, and then they come back to you and say, well, you said not to get a mammography. But I never say not to get one. Right. So that's, that's why key. I just want to be clear. That's the key. And people will sometimes say, well, what would you do? And I tell them, it doesn't matter what I would do. Right. Here's okay? the information. Because right. people tell me that they wouldn't do things that I do all the time. You know, when <laughs> like, I went to... Like run every day. Well, what well, run? Right. But when I went to South Africa, I mean, we were... Um, Colin Campbell and I, uh, there's pictures on, on the internet of us petting cheetahs. Okay. And, um, okay, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, well, but, but, you know, it was a, it, this is a marvelous program actually that lets you pet cheetahs and it raises money for preservation of the species and the whole nine yards. So here's what people say when they come across those images on the internet. Some people say, oh my gosh, that looks like so much fun. How'd you get to do that? And then other people say, oh my gosh, that was horrifying. I would never do that. Right. Okay. Well, when we so went Pam to. So Pam Popo pet a cheetah and I may not pet a cheetah. Right. Well, I, and we I had to pet here, cheetahs. Here's the thing. <laughs> we had to sign a document that said, I understand that. Cutting this cheetah could mean I could lose is, my hand. It's risky. Okay. <laughs> that, that cheetahs can kill people. 
they have killed people. Right. All right. And then we had to go through an orientation session to learn where we can touch the cheetah when he's least likely to bite us. And they told us when we signed up for this thing, they said, now, listen, we feed the cheetahs at 10 o'clock. And we let people come in the cages at 1030 because they're less likely to eat humans after they've been fed. Now, if you still want to come in there, that's great. All right. Right. But, and you, then, you, you've but we knew the risks. We right. knew. All right? right. And then we wanted to do it. So that's the way medicine should be. There are risks and benefits. You, and, and here's the big issue, though. The reason why the medical profession is so opposed to this point of view and, and this way of practice is because most things that are done in medicine, the risks outweigh the benefits. Mm. Most things. Mm. So if we just, I said in another one of these um, interviews that we had, that if doctors in this country did just the things that were medically warranted, we would have no doctor shortage, and our health care bill would be less than a trillion dollars, too. Right. So there is a financial component to this that we've gotten into before, and oh, it yeah. does make it very insidious that people are making decisions, doctors are making decisions based on finances, not based on health practices. Exactly. And that's really scary for somebody because we do put a lot of trust in the medical profession. But I want to qualify that. There are some that definitely do. It's all about the money. A lot of it is just bad training. Mm. Medical training oh. does not teach informed decision-making. And what you have, the process of going to medical school, first of all, there's so many things wrong with it. In traditional medical schools, a lot of times right now, the research money that is generated by department heads and important people, very important to the university's program. So you've got people who are being paid by industry to do research. We assume that good researchers are good teachers. And then residency is all about learning from people who are doing the wrong things so that you're now firmly entrenched right. in doing the wrong things. I had my gar gallbladder removed about 15 years ago. And I remember the doctor never telling me anything about my diet. Now, mm -hmm. I had been on a steady diet of Kentucky Fried Chicken before that, right? Mm -hmm. And I was having this constant pain in my... And at the same time, I would go to the gym and then drink like V8, you know, vegetable juice, thinking that I was offsetting the, yeah. the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Then I have some more Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. And I would only do it on Sunday on my way to my parents. Right. I would go get my chicken strips and my you know like I had this yeah. routine but you know the pain was you know I felt like I wanted to die went and got my gallbladder removed I told him to kill me just take everything out of my body at that point but they never talked to me about my diet they which, never they never did like, that you know I, so I had to research for myself this is why this happened to me not only that they didn't tell you that if you stopped eating so much fat you might not have to have your gallbladder taken out nor did they tell you that after your gallbladder is removed you're you have such a high risk of colon cancer because those bile acids what? are dripping into the colon and furthermore that 40 percent of the time the symptoms don't change at all and so you should have been told that and then because when people are told that they give a real good uh effort towards yeah. lowering the fat in the diet yeah, and i'm because, one of them people yeah that would do something uh, radical yeah. yeah and then there, no the, one told me that pan popper well, i know that that's that's the whole reason why i get up in the morning and why i'm so passionate about this i think people should know not because i have a vested interest in their answer i have a vested interest in people knowing and so one of the reasons why i inspire so much hatred and screaming and hollering and threats and all that kind of stuff is because if everybody knows then a significant percentage of the population i mean studies show that if you put the right decision tools in front of people, right meaning factual, that it reduces the enthusiasm for a lot of medicine. A lot. Yes. So it's I bad for business.
Introducing the all-new and totally reimagined 2020 Ford Explorer. It's built for modern exploration. Whether venturing across country or simply across town, over various terrains or through rough weather, it's all good. The Ford Explorer is specifically designed for comfort, confidence, and a whole lot of style. Ready to explore more? The 2020 Ford Explorer, the greatest exploration vehicle of all time. Built Ford Proud. Welcome back to The Hub. This is Karen Hunter. I'm talking with Dr. Pam Popper. We're talking about wellness and we're talking about health. Um, I want to kind of give a foundation for people who are listening right now. If they are, they feel relatively healthy, but they are carrying 30, 40, 50 extra pounds, or they're not feeling very well. We were talking uh, earlier about, like, you know, I was telling you my knees hurt, and I'm like, you said that's diet. That could be a dietary thing. And I'm like, how is that possible? It's mm-hmm. skeletal. I know I have bad ligaments. I know I have... You said that could be fixed through diet? Well, through diet and right physical therapy and exercise and fixing the tracking problem. Your knees don't track right. I've known that since you got here because I watch you right. walk. Okay? Right. So the knees don't track right. If they start tracking right, you won't have that problem. By the way, a lot of what you know about your knees comes from images that are notoriously unreliable. In other so, words, study- so the x-rays that they showed me told me I have 60-something-year-old, no disrespect because no. your knees probably look like 30-year-olds. But they said, well, know, to me, that's, my knees are... Like, my, my knees probably look like 60-year-olds. But here's the problem. I don't know it. Because right, when you, you don't have actually, well, well, because here, here's the thing: when you when you do X-rays on asymptomatic people, studies have been shown this is the case. People who say I don't have any pain. Okay, so would you let would you consent to let us get some X-rays of your joints? Okay, sure. Then they take those X-rays and they give them to orthopedic surgeons and they say, listen, tell us who needs surgery. All the asymptomatic, pain-free people need surgery because by the age of 60, after all the running and I used to dance, and yeah, I, and I've, I'm hard on my body. I, do, I get a lot out of it, right? Um, I'm sure that I've got a little bit of torn meniscus someplace and a ligament that's a little bit frayed and all that kind of stuff. So the, the, what I'm telling you is that most of the time, X-rays don't tell you much about what the problem is, and it's fixable without X-rays and corrective surgery. And often the surgeries make things worse, okay? They actually make things worse. Now, in terms of diet and and joint pain and pain in general, one of the biggest connections, and there are several, but one of the biggest connections is um, eating an inflammatory diet. See, when you eat a lot of... Anti-inflammatory? Or inflammatory. So when you eat a lot of animal foods, animal foods are really high in arachidonic acid, and arachidonic acid is a precursor to inflammatory hormones. And so a, a lot of times people are in a state of inflammation and your joints are profoundly affected by that. That's what rheumatoid arthritis is. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, yeah. I have arthritis. Yeah. What is that? Well, it's, um, it's time to shave up. Okay, that's what I'm that is. Okay, I'm going to do that. All right. Well, and so it's, a way, it's, a way, it's a wake-up call. <laughs> well, and that, and that, may, help, that may help a little bit, but you've got to change the underlying cause. Okay. And so all these are wake-up calls. And this is another thing that I think is important to tell people. Sometimes people will come in here and they'll say, I have breast cancer. And, um, and of course, we ask people for a lot of information when they come here. And, um, and then they'll say something like this. Frankly, I'm flabbergasted because this is the first thing that's happened. And so I'm looking at a person often who's overweight. I've got all the stuff that they've given me. And, and I'll say, no, I'm looking at all this here. You've had uh, UTIs every year, and you've had sinusitis, and you've taken antibiotics for that. And, you know, I go through all the list of things that are wrong, you know, and, and they'll go, well, everybody has that stuff. 
Okay, so you've had a whole bunch of warning signs, right? I tell people, this is God tapping you on the shoulder saying, you should pay attention. Right, right. Well, you ignore that. Sooner or later, God takes a two before right across the forehead and right. says, now I will have your attention, right? right? So, so those little things, I don't like for people to be a hypochondriac and say, oh my gosh, I've got a bruise on my leg or a hangnail, I should go to the doctor. But, but the other side of it is when, when you see these early signs of not good health, even if it's just fatigue all the time, it's not normal for humans to be tired all the time, you know? It's time to do something, something about different. it. Something okay. has to so change. So what's the something immediately? Well, no dairy. I got that. Well, you, so you, you change to a health-promoting dietary pattern. It isn't a matter of just eliminating a food. You have a dietary pattern that's right. You, um, you exercise. You get rid of body fat. Body fat itself. You know fat cells pump out hormones that are converted to estrogen in the female body. They pump out inflammatory cytokines that contribute to inflammation. So you get that weight down. And then you start taking care of yourself, which means that you can't burn the candle at both ends, drink 10 cups of coffee to keep yourself awake. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't deprive myself of sleep. I happen to be a short sleeper, which works pretty good in my life. But, but I, I also realize I need rest. I need downtime. Sometimes I just need to do nothing and lay on the couch and read a book to regenerate. People don't let themselves regenerate. They run all over the place. I mean, I, I've had conversations in my office where I've said, let me ask you a question. And I want you to really think about this. If you missed a soccer game a month for your seven-year-old, what do you think the consequence of that is going to be? Because people will come in and say, I have no time to do anything. All I do is run like a crazy person from the minute I get up until the minute they go to bed between the soccer games. Okay, so if you missed a soccer game once a month, do you honestly think that that is what's standing between your child, your child and a lifetime of delinquency and criminal behavior. I mean, come right, on, right, you know, right, so, right, so right. you have to, you have got to have a sense of self-preservation that taking care of yourself is important. And people have completely lost that. Women are worse than men, by the way. Well, men are much we're better. Caregivers, which is a good thing to ourselves. be. Yeah. Right. It's, it's wonderful to be a caregiver. It is not a good thing to have completely lost your sense of self and to think that a moment spent or 20 moments spent taking care of yourself is detrimental to the people around you. That's not good. So someone needs to make a life change who's listening to this right now in the hub. They're a member. They want to be healthy. They want to turn over a new leaf. Where do they start? Well, I think I think we have great I'm partial to our programs. <laughs> I think we have You're great programs. No, for, I think you do. I this. think you do. I'm actually joining. I'm joining, and I'm somebody that's so skeptical of everything. Like, I don't believe anything, and I also believe that I don't need you to do this. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I can do this myself because I know how to read, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, arrogant. But... I'm going to do it because well, I want to see. I want you're to see. right. You can figure it out. We're just going to make it easier for you. And by the way, we most people are like you, believe it or not. I've, I've written about this a lot. People say, here's what a lot of people say about Americans, okay, particularly. Americans are just slothful, lazy people who don't care about their health. When I started talking about this, people used to pat me on the arm and go, you know, people don't want to hear these detailed lectures about how their body works and all this. You know what? People really do. And what's happened is the result of this mess that we're in is not because people know the truth about all this stuff and they say, you know, I realize that hanging out with doctors and all this test and medical intervention is really bad for me. And I realize that a plant-based diet, for example, could keep me from having my gallbladder removed. And, and, but I want to have it taken out anyway. That's not what's going on. So the medical profession, the federal government, health agencies, medical professionals lie to people. And then they scream and holler and rant and rave about the bad advice 
that the people get, it's like their fault now that you told them something that's wrong. So people really do want to know about this stuff, but getting to your point about you like to read, you like to figure things out, that's the whole idea. Because if you come in here and you just do what I say, you're still outsourcing your health outcomes to somebody else. That's not taking control of your health, which is why I refuse to answer the question when people ask me, I give them all the options, well, what would you do? I tell them, you know what? Not my body. So it doesn't matter what I would do. I'm going to make you make, make the sure. decision. And in every other aspect of your life, whether you're buying a blender or a house or getting married, you refuse to outsource the decision to anybody else. Nobody sits in front of a realtor and says, boy, all three of these houses look really good. Just tell me which one to buy. People think they should make that decision themselves. You've got to get to the place where you're willing to take that level of responsibility for your health. Or you will forever hope and pray that people tell you the right things. And that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Plus, your decisions should not be made based on my value system. They should be made based on yours. Well, if people want to get information, they can come to wellnessforum.com. Wellnessforumhealth.com. Do it again. Wellnessfarmhealth.com. Okay. And they and can send me an email. Will... Yeah, somebody will talk to them. And I answer all my emails. Yes, you do. Pam Popper at MSN.com. Yeah, that's how I found you, by the way. It was, I watched uh, uh, Food, what is it? Fork, Fork Silver Knives. Knives. Yeah. I watched it and I was so impressed by you that I just reached out. <laughs> I, I went online and I reached out and you actually called me back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know Those you. People are but so you, shocked. And yeah, they're like, how like, else are we going to yes, make a connection? Yeah. Right? And, and then when I invited you on the show, you said yes. And you have never told me no in the last, what's it been? Almost two years. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. And it's been an amazing experience for my, for, for our listeners, for our family members. And I just want to expand it. So I'm looking forward to the next things that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, Dr. So, Popper, so you've challenged me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We have to, the only answer to healthcare is if we think we're going to change the system, we're not. Eventually we can, but there's no direct line to change the system because there's just too much profit to be made. Okay, so here's how you really change it. You just teach people how to drop out. All right, you teach people a whole new way of doing things. I'm going to look at evidence. I'm going to make different decisions. And you gradually withdraw money from the system. It's the only thing they understand anyway, as people make different choices. And so we have to educate consumers. And you and I are going to partner up, and we're going to do this in a big way for communities uh, to educate consumers to, to do things better. And here's the beautiful thing about it. The marketplace will respond. And I'll tell you exactly how it's happened right here in Columbus. All right. So when I started eating well, and teaching other people and changing my way of thinking about things. But let's just focus on the food for a minute. There were a couple of little health food stores in Columbus, and they were such strange and unusual places. We used to have to take people on field trips because they'd never go in by themselves. You had to wear a tie-dyed shirt and sandals and right. sing Aquarius. It smell like patchouli. Yeah, when right. you walk in, <laughs> sing Aquarius. And, um, and the grocery stores, this Kroger's, there's a Kroger store really close to my house. And it used to have this little like three-foot-wide section called Health Food. And then, of course, it makes you wonder, what is the rest of this place? Right, right, right. right and that, right. that was it. And you had to drive around and find things. Okay, so here we are now. It's 20 years later. What does Columbus look like? Well, first of all, you've already seen all the restaurants serve healthy food. You just have to, it's on the menu. Just ask for it. Um, the store, the Kroger store, which is still close to my house, has everything I need to maintain my healthy diet. If it's the only place I went, I could get everything there, all right? Um, there are... Three Whole Foods, two Trader Joe's. One of the Whole Foods is the biggest in the country. One of the biggest in the country. Um, there are health food stores. One health food store got so big it took over a former grocery store. It's that large. Amazing. And I could go on and on, but you get the lay of the land. Okay, so why did this happen? Do you think that people in the food business in Franklin County got together and said, you know, 
these folks in central Ohio are so nice. We're just going to get together and do something nice for them. They did this because of economic demand. You cannot have a restaurant or a food-related establishment in Columbus and not offer healthy food. You will not stay in business because people are interested in healthy food. And now there's even more, like we use local ingredients and we use organic ingredients and all that sort of thing. So we can do the same thing with medicine. We can make it so only nice doctors practice. We can make it so only doctors who will have informed decision-making conversations will practice. You just favor those places and dry up the demand for the rest of it. it. And it's the American way, supply and demand. Yes, it is. Capitalism was built on. Yeah. This is perfect. We're being perfect patriots. We are. It actually is. It's letting the system work. It's letting the system work and saying a band of organized, becoming organized consumers can do what institutions can never do for us. Well, I'm looking forward to this. And folks, stay tuned because the Hub is about to do some amazing things in this area. And Dr. Pam Popper is part of the process in the journey. And we love her immensely. Thank you for being a part of our family. Thank you. I love it. All right. Dr. Pam Popper, it's Karen Hunter. And we, we uh, stay, stay, stay tuned to whatever else is coming up. Because in the there Hub. will be a lot of it. Yes. In the Hub. Okay. <laughs>